The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello everyone and welcome back to Back When with me, Scottish Danny and the great Ty Peters. How are we doing today, Ty? I am doing wonderful, Danny. Like always, it's a wonderful time to get to chat with you, discuss uh, a variety of things, including professional wrestling. And I know that's what we're going to be talking about today, at least as we're recording anyways. Yep. (laughs) So today we're going to be looking at Raw from May 12th, 2003. And I'll just have to ask quickly, Ty, um, how old was you in 2003? Uh, 2003, let's see if I got my math correct. I was th- I'm just turned 36 on December the 20th of this year. I was born in 86, so math was never uh, my strong suit. So uh, can you help me out from uh, now to 2003? I, yeah, being serious, I, I'm terrible with math. That's why I was a history guy. What's wrong <laughs> with me? My goodness. I'm guessing you were... About 17, 16, 17. I can remember this. Yeah, that sounds about correct. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah, remember this. I believe I this was where I was in high school still. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was watching at this period. Uh, it was yeah. still an exciting time. It was very thrilling. And I, I can't wait to dive into it more with you, Danny. And once again, you do a tremendous job with these selections on the episode. So I got to put you over, my friend. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. Yeah. So I remember being 12 watching this and this, to be honest, this whole Raw, I mean, we're going to get into it, but this whole Raw felt like a pay-per-view to me. And I'm actually quite shocked that this was the go-home Raw for an actual pay-per-view of Judgment Day 2003. Um, Have you seen Judgment Day 2003, Ty? I have not. I've got to go back and watch it. If I had it, it has been a long time since I've got to uh, go back and review Judgment Day 03. Uh, But I'll tell you, for the go-home edition, just like you aforementioned, this was a big-time show. It did feel like a pay-per-view, and I loved it. I'll tell you what, Danny, one of the concepts that I always enjoyed during this time was seeing Eric Bischoff on WWE television. He was so good making you not liking. That means he's playing the character or betraying, however— this uh, version of him perfectly as we saw in WCW and uh, him and Stone Cold Steve Austin when talking about Eze, that combination of co-GMs was just terrific because when Bischoff would try to pull up one over on old Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlesnake there would be some Austin 316 justice and they played off each other so brilliantly it was amazing yeah. no, you're dead on with that, I mean the, the fantastic um, combination because um, Eric Bischoff, I mean, you WWE always have authority figures and things like that, but I think them two being the co general managers was just fantastic. And they were presenting this pay per view, I mean, this raw, this edition of Raw. So, um, it's it's very strange. Open because we opened the, the episode of Raw with 
a steel cage in the ring and Christian's in the cage, which made me laugh. Because yeah, we, we did. Christian Cage is his name, yeah, but, and here he is Christian yeah, in the cage. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and he's basically uh, trying to plead his case to say that um, Stone Cold is screwing him, and he should be in. A, he should not be in this cage match, and Rob Van Dam should uh, replace him in the match with Goldberg. Um, what did you think about this opening segment, mate? I thought it was clever because Christian's always had a great promo. And you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring. Yeah, it's all about the premise of him having to finally face Goldberg. And Christian, hey, you forgot something, Danny. He's the new yep. people's champion. The oh, Rock yes. was always the people's champion, but Christian now represents the people. And it's so appropriate. I I just I always am a fan and am just in awe of what Christian brings to the table. And this was just a prime example, illustration. However you want to slice it with the great Christian cage Christian. Uh, he's a man of the people, but stone cold. Steve Austin did not fall for it. He tried yeah. to get out of the match. And that's why RVD, you just said it was coming out one half of the WWF tag team champions along with Kane. And he was one Mr. Monday night to take his place. Cause he didn't want to face Goldberg. And I don't blame no. him. If no. I was Christian, I wouldn't want to take on an angry bill Goldberg. No, or an, an angry, uh, Austin for that matter. Yeah. He, he about got Stunned. He about took one from Stone Cold. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, I've always said 2003 was the year Stone Cold retired, but if he had one more year, he could have wrestled Hulk Hogan and Goldberg in that, well, and maybe Scott Steiner. I mean, because they all came around the same time. Yeah, I think if, yeah, yeah for, uh, forgive me for interrupting, but all no. I was going to add to that, think of all the dream matches. I mean, you said it that we would have got. But unfortunately, injuries and it just went the timing, the stars didn't align like they say, and we didn't get them. But man, if we could have got the Hogan Austin match or the Lesnar deal, it was right there in our grasp. But the yeah. WWE universe was robbed of it, unfortunately, due to just life. It happens. Yeah, I'm still holding out for a Stone Cold Brock Lesnar match. I think we might get that next year, hopefully. <laughs> Hey, they're, they're teasing. I know he's denying it. We see the videos on social media. He's looking ripped. He's always been in tremendous physical condition. Is Stone Cold Steve Austin even going back to stunning Steve Austin? So I think we're going to get it, Danny. I'm holding out hope just like you are, my friend. I, I'm, I'm a little more excited. Maybe I'm over the top this time, but I, I can't help it. Now I'm getting like I'm feeling like a kid at Christmas, and it's almost New Year. I say we get Lesnar and Austin, even if it's in our own minds. Yep. Yeah, agreed, mate, agreed. But then we bring out, um, this brings out Kane, and I want to get your thoughts, mate, about this look of Kane, because this is my favourite version of Kane, with the half mask and everything like that. What do you think about his look here? Oh, it was equally as scary. I mean, I, I'm all for the full mask, personally, when he first debuted yeah. on television, or pay-per-view, pardon me. But I, I do uh, like this uh, mask, and shout out to Steve-O, Booker T, I'm digging it. For our, our friend Steve-O, <laughs> who's always big into doing the Booker T impersonations. Uh, he's already acts like I'm Jimmy Stewart, just because that's how the American accent to him <laughs> sounds. I, I don't know. I'm going to give him down the road for that. But we love you, Steve-O. No. Keep on doing yeah. what you're doing. We do, mate. We do. Um, then this brings out Eric Bischoff, who says that he has a surprise for everyone. And out comes the Road Warriors. And I'll be honest with you, Ty, this was the first time I ever saw the Road Warriors. And, oh, my God, that the pop they got was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Road Warrior pop. And you had never seen the Road Warriors up until this point. Oh, my goodness, Danny. This is astounding to me. 
After yeah. all the wrestling knowledge I, I thought you possessed, you do not to know the Road Warriors, but seriously, I, I'm giving you a hard time in a fun way. Yeah, the Road Warriors are epic. They're legendary. They're a Hall of Fame tag team. Gone too soon where those two guys love Hawk and Animal. I mean, they came in. It, there was no scientific or technical ability. These guys just, they beat you up. That's what the their plan was, and it, it worked to a T. You know, shout out to my own name, Tyler, but I, I didn't mean it like that. I, I just using it. Just uh, go with me here, folks. But yeah, Hawk and Animal, they rock, man. And that reaction was just epic. As, as you said, credit to you, because I feel like I need to, to make the tag bad because I, I don't want to seem like I'm burying the great uh, Scottish uh, Juggalo Danny here. No, no, we are the Road Warriors. We'll we'll pronounce ourselves as the Road Warriors of the SJP World Media Network. Uh, that's what I think we should do. If only I was six two and jacked and uh, <laughs> a little bit not undersized in real life, that would work. But hey, we'll go with it. It's fantasy booking. That that's what we could, uh, you know, use as our uh, excuse for any dilemmas there. Yeah, and all of a sudden we get a world tag team title match out of nowhere. Which to me, on paper, this is a um, this is a dream match, but it did not turn out to be a dream match, did it? No, it did not turn out to be a dream match. And uh, you must be talking about that first one with uh, the tag team champions of you know the Road Warriors and taking on the tag team yeah. champions with RVD and Kane. It yeah. wasn't bad. I, I liked it. You know, RVD's kicks. Let's just say they are sensational. Kane outpowering Hong for a guy his size that can move and fly off the top ropes and moving around, meaning he's quick for a guy nearly seven feet tall. Kane was just remarkable. And hey, give the Road Warriors props. They they still look good. This was just definitely uh, nearing the end of their careers, respectively. And yeah. it, we just I think it was overhopped. On purpose, it just did not deliver in the way that we felt it should. But still, just to get yeah. this kind of match was uh, very neat. Who would have ever yeah. thought that the big surprise would be the Ro Road Warriors, part of me, LOD, if we would get, oh, what a rush again, like Hawk would say. See, I'm, I'm feeling like it's the 80s here. And now yeah. we're getting Kane and RVD in the mix. I mean, it's just incredible. It really is, mate. Um, the shocking thing about this, I've done some research about this. So the Raw after this, um, they were in like a WSW hotbed. And they were. this was six days away from a pay-per-view. Um, so I'm quite shocked that the Road Warriors wasn't actually saved for the week after. But even more shocking is the night after this, the Road Warriors wrestled on a Velocity Dark match. And that was the last time they ever teamed together. I was very shocked to see that. I mean, yeah, I am uh, yeah. very surprised myself. I mean, that was a brilliant stat you brought up, and you do your homework. This man <laughs> does the research, let me tell you, because I, I didn't even know this or realize that that's what I love about this kind of show. We always yeah. learn something, don't we? And we, uh, yeah, but it's sad to see an end of an era. That, that's all I was going to insert there. It was just very tragic what happened to uh, Road Warrior Hawk and then Animal later passing, and then to see that this was the end of it. I mean, as far yeah. as a tag team, them teaming together, it was just hard to believe. It really was, mate. I mean, this is last time they t teamed together on like a big stage on, on television or anything like that. But it was just a, a big shame because um, this match did not go well, uh, according to Rob Van Damme, um, who was on um, Rene Dupree's podcast about five months ago. And he said uh, the finish okay. of this, they were both disappointed. Kane and RVD were both disappointed because um, of 
the Legion of Doom's, um, well, Road Warriors, uh, lack of selling ability in this match. They really didn't want to put over the tag team champions. And you could see that in the pin when Rob Van Dam uh, gives Hulk a five-star frog splash and then pins him. And then Hulk just gets up out of nowhere and just walks off um, sort of like the Austin Aries thing from a few years ago and you can actually see Kane and Rob Van Dam looking angry because they actually they're like in disbelief because the Road Warriors just but that is the Road Warriors gimmick isn't it not to sell yeah yeah I mean I was about to say you know I understand the frustration that RVD was uh, relaying to Rene Dupree in that interview about this match and I'll have to go back and check it out I have not got to view it or observe it however but I'll tell you if you watch how the style of presentation of hawk and animal the legion of doom that's what they do and it it's not always i I guess going to be popular among their opposition but uh i mean they didn't really sell and and they had to learn that early on when they were first coming up in the business because that was what they were all about i mean that's why fans fell in love with them they wanted to come out as the bad guys but they became cheer they became like heroes like the you know they were more the good guys so uh, to, that to me uh, seems like that that pretty much is self-explanatory, but I, I get what RVD was saying. Uh, a lot of wrestlers find it disrespectful if you're not selling, though. Uh, go watch the match with Anoki, and I forget the guy, And uh, but I'll tell you, you don't want to get Anoki out, out of respect and memory of him um, angry at you or anybody because he ended up shooting on the guy and really beating him up bad to where the refs had to intervene and stop it and pull him off. Uh, that that's why you you do have to sell for your opponent though. That that's another side of it. Greatly said, mate. Greatly said. So six days away from the Judgment Day pay per view, they would uh, reinstate the Intercontinental Championship, which was shockingly retired in October two thousand and two. Um, well, yeah, that's mind boggling. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, it's uh, just hard to believe. Uh, Perplex is another word that comes to mind why you would retire the Intercontinental title. That's, to me, one of the more prestigious championships in all of the industry, and especially when you're talking WWF, WWE, uh, that that was a staple. So, yeah, very, very intriguing to know that they did that. That's what I love about this kind of programming. It uh, You recall so many memories from that time and forget a lot as well. So this helps jog the... Uh, your old memory lane or go instead of going down it, it you know, it, it, it helps you remember is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I totally understand mate. And uh, yeah, the intercontinental championship being retired. Um, luckily it was only for a period of about six months, but it definitely left a hole in raw. Um, so yeah. And then next, the next segment we get to is, um, somebody in the parking lot is trying to kill Goldberg, aren't they? <laughs> They are. Somebody is mad at Goldberg, and and one would think it's probably Christian, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. We haven't got to that later segment yeah. or match, rather. And uh, But, boy, somebody wants to see Goldberg not only injured, they're trying to murder the guy. This is ridiculous <laughs> and repulsive, and I, I'm getting tired of it. I mean, this is just, you know, I'm having fun, but seriously, it was part of that soap opera type aspect of pro wrestling, more of the sports entertainment formula. And, and I kind of miss this kind of stuff because it added more intrigue. I I don't know about you, Danny. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, definitely agreed, mate. It was like a soap opera type thing. It was like, okay, we're going to draw this out throughout the night. Um, I would have guessed that this would have been Bret Hart behind the car of um, <laughs> behind the wheel of the car trying to well, kill Goldberg. 
Brad Hart may be a, a possible candidate. We know the heat <laughs> and the issues between those two. And here's the thing. I see both sides of it. I'm actually a fan of both guys, believe it or not. Uh, but you'll have certain people that are in one camp, but they'll go, oh, I can't send Goldberg. Or if, if they love Goldberg, they're probably not uh, got a lot of love loss for Bret Hart. So I try yeah. to stay out of the middle, out of confrontation. I, I just respect the guys for what they did and yeah. accomplished in the industry, the business, however. Uh, but, yeah, it was unfortunate. But, yeah, Bret yeah. Hart could be a logical candidate. That That would have worked. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, then we get the uh, five-minute white boy challenge, which has not aged well at all, between Rodney Mack and... I was about to say, could, could we get away with that now? That that was... Yeah. Uh, I was starting to scratch my head. I had forgot about this. Rodney Mack yeah. with Teddy Long. Yeah, the white yeah. boy challenge. I was, uh, uh, what soft. were your impressions? Have, do you think we'll see a white boy challenge now in 2022, <laughs> 2023? Because, you know, we're ending this year, so... I've seriously imagine on it. Raw for a special anniversary. We're going to have the return of Rodney Mack and Teddy Long, and we're going to have the White Boy Challenge make a comeback. I'll be shocked. Boy, I never it. saw that coming. <laughs> that man, that match didn't take long. There's not much to really analyze. He just dominated. It was more to get him over. I understand yeah. why they were doing it. And but, hey, they were blurring the lines. They they were doing a lot of this stuff. Think, think about Billy and Chuck. A lot of stuff you mentioned wouldn't age well, but they were getting away with it then. Yeah. And we're just talking man. 2000s. Yeah, definitely. And did you see who uh, one of the job Jabronis were? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, did you see? He was um, Kenny from the Spirit Squad, Ken Doan. Yeah, Do you Ken Doan. Oh, yeah, that, that's true. I, yeah. I did see that. I did. Uh, I was trying to remember but yeah kenny yeah. doan yeah ken doan who's an agent i believe right yes. now for wwe if you pay attention to any brawls that happen uh <laughs> yeah he was very talented i, I love the spirit squad for what they were able to do i, I thought they did it well so yeah, yeah. ken doan it, it's hard to imagine but this was back when i guess he had a tryout match or was just scheduled to be get beat up by rodney mack but uh yeah yeah that that's fascinating is it uh isn't yeah. it part of me to uh go back and and look and see all these uh, wrestlers up and coming that were became established, but this was early on in their careers. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Then the next segment we have is Eric Bischoff uh, and Classy Freddie Blassie backstage, and I completely forgot about this time because it is um, Freddie Blassie's last ever appearance on television. Um, are you a fan of him? Oh, yeah. Freddie Blassie's a legend. Uh, you got to respect what the man's been able to do, not just as a manager, but as a wrestler. Uh, one of the major box office attractions and draws. Uh, Freddie Blassie is classy. He is the man. And uh, he was known for biting his opponents. I mean, uh, yeah. he was uh, had that reputation. He was just that old, gruff, old school type mentality. And, and you, you had to love Freddie Blassie. Come on. Yeah, you have to. I mean, and he, he does brilliant here. I mean, later on in the show, we'll get to it. But um, Oh, he does? Yeah. I love the fact that they brought him out. Anytime they bring out like somebody, although, yeah, anytime they bring out someone like this is really cool. Well, so, this is a way, uh, for to me anyways, Danny, and, and forgive me for jumping in, but uh, from my standpoint, this is how you utilize a legend, by yeah. getting him involved in a credible storyline. Yeah, um, we're just holding out hope for that Gangrel return now. <laughs> I, I 
No, I want to see Gangrel return. A shout out to a guy training a lot of the CCW wrestlers, but still would pop to see Gangrel, the vampire warrior. And unfortunately, will we ever see a brood reunion? Because I know Christian is still with AW. And yeah. we're talking about him because he, he was a big part of what they were doing now, or at least as far as what they were doing in WWE then. I said now, like it, it's happening. But when we're talking about it, it's like we're reliving it. So I, I yeah. can't help myself. <laughs> I'm, I know I'm full of myself. I get no, that. But no. Danny, uh, you know, Gangrel would be epic. Him, Edge, yeah. and, and Christian, that would be awesome. The Brood, uh, even a, a little reunion. Yeah, do you remember, uh, I think it was last year, SummerSlam, when Edge came back with the Brood theme song and everyone exploded on Twitter? I didn't even. I, I, was, I was one of those. I was there. Oh, yeah, you I was there. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah. I was like the British Bulldog. I was there. I can't. You can probably do the, the British accent better. I wasn't going to butcher it then. No. <laughs> but you know how Davey Boy Smith yeah. said, I, I was there. You know, how, how amazing uh, the, the, was that? Me. I, I mean, Edge. Oh my gosh. I was like, I felt like a, I was the biggest mark. I mean, I was, I was yeah. with the fans. I was shouting going, Oh my goodness. It's edgy. And the way he, he lifted up, I mean, off the flames, it, it was incredible wow. and helped out the Mysterios against those dastardly judgment day people that edge brought out of obscurity. I mean, they're talented anyways, but I'm just trying to play along. Like I was, you know, trying to justify why he was doing what he was doing. Uh, but anyways, it, it was it was just phenomenal. Yeah, it was Speaking of phenomenal. Um, this next segment I love because Eric Bischoff tries to hand Freddie Blassie two three minute warning to beat up. But Stone Cold Steve Austin saves the day and unsuspends the Dudley boys, which brings them out. And then, um, yeah, the Dudley boys save Freddie Blassie while by brawling with, uh, Jamal and Rosie. And then, um, Freddie Blass's last ever words on television were Devon get the tables and it gets a massive pop. Um, what did you think about this whole segment, uh, Ty? I always thought these segments were just always nicely done because Bischoff was just as good as ever. I thought his work, and we talked about it briefly earlier on in the episode, was stellar with World Championship Wrestling. But here... Uh, it's like the man reinvented himself without yep. needing to, uh, you know, Bischoff was, uh, going to try his best to embarrass Freddie Blassie upstage, whatever Austin was trying to do. And, and three minute warning, I, I loved when he said, you know, he always, uh, you knew when they were going to come out and, and cause some damage and, and with Rico as well, Casentino, he was very talented. And, uh, I thought it was great that Blassie said at the tables to, yeah. uh, Team 3D to the the Dudleys. I, I thought it was cool that Austin introduced them. Uh, the, the villainous side of me wanted to see Freddie Blassie go through a table, but out of respect, because <laughs> I, I, I do admire Freddie. I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, as one of those fans of his, I'm like, no, that, that would not be right. But, uh, you know, Bishop, he deserved it as much as I like Easy Stone Cold was, was right to do what he did. Yeah, definitely. But that made me laugh the thought of Freddie Blassie going for a table. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, then we get Bless our, his heart. And his wife, yeah. I guess his wife was willing him in the chair, and then Bischoff yeah. gets the wheelchair. You know, all Eric Bischoff was doing was trying to help him, you know, get closer to danger, to a beating, yeah. a, a potential beatdown. Uh, that's he all. He was, mate. He was. Then we get um, what looked like our main event. 
but it wasn't. Um, it was Christian versus Goldberg. The match actually happens. Um, what did you think about this whole match in terms of like how it was booked, Ty? I thought this was actually a very good match. Personally, I, I like how Christian brought the people's chair out. That was always, I'm, I'm laughing yeah. just thinking about it. Goldberg, you know, he dominated early. We've seen him do the short matches. Christian tried escaping. He went for the shortcuts early to stop Goldberg or actually during the, or all throughout the match, however. And that still chair came into play and Christian could outwork Goldberg. We know this about wrestling ability, but Goldberg was built on being that explosive star ever since yeah. WCW. So I think this all worked out. Both these guys uh, actually had pretty decent chemistry. So I, I didn't yeah. mind it. I thought it was actually better than what it should have been. Yeah, same here, mate. Same here. I mean, I would have loved to see a program between these two, but Goldberg didn't have that many I, I would have on too. his, on his, on his uh, contract. <laughs> no, he didn't. And unfortunately for Goldberg, you know, he's programmed with The Rock. I mean, he, he had the backstage segment earlier with Stone Cold Steve Austin. There were so many what-ifs that could happen, but we still got some pretty cool uh, feuds going on. And this was yeah. one of them with Christian Goldberg. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was unfortunate he only had so many dates on his contract. Uh, and I'm glad to see he got that second run with WWE recently here. Uh, it's nice to see. And I, I want to see Christian have at least one more run or at least go in the Hall of Fame, which I think he will for WWE. Uh, no disrespect to AEW, but I, I just feel like Christian's always, even though he's been an impact, has been that WWE guy. Yeah, same here, mate, same. And then, uh, speaking of WWE guys, uh, one of the future agents, uh, Hurricane Helms, is backstage with Ric Flair. Um, they just end randomly end up just brawling backstage, and Stone Cold makes a match right there, and we get a match that starts in the back. And uh, this whole match is a bit... It's a bit weird to me, because normally you have to start in the ring, don't you? I mean, when you're in a wrestling show. Um, no, you do. And they just went for it, man. They start fighting. Ric Flair had problems with Hurricane Helms. He interrupted uh, Triple H. He sided with Kevin Nash, who was feuding with the game. And, you know, Austin made the match official. I just loved how he didn't care. You didn't need a contract. You guys have an issue. You're going to find it out. And that's what happened. We, we just saw chaos. Yeah. They eventually got in the ring. We saw that Nate, the nature boy, moons everybody. I went to some WCW live events. He was doing that at house shows. He didn't care. <laughs> nature boy, if you know anything about Ric Flair, he does not care, man. The guy will no. show his hunt in. He'll show other things I'm not going to mention. Uh, but yeah. I, I love Ric Flair. I, I can't help it. I, I still have a lot of respect for him and admiration amid all the uh, controversy, which, you know, hey, it's wrestling. And, uh, you know, speaking of Eric Bischoff, he said controversy creates cash. I've got a book that says that, remember? So. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, and then it also brings up... I mean, what were your thoughts? Oh, this, this whole thing, I, I can see what they were trying to do, but to me it felt rushed because... Um, then again, it did feel different. So I can give, I can give it credit because it wasn't hurricane just coming out, cutting a promo and calling out Ric Flair. It was just starting backstage. So I can see what they were trying to do, but all in all, I mean, hurricane wasn't going to wrestle on, um, the pay-per-view or anything like that. So it kind of felt pointless. It was like, okay, we could have done this some, no. some other week. But I yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to try to look, look at it a, a different way too is yeah. They were just trying something that'll end up more spontaneous and organic where not everything had to end up in the the ring. You could start at least 
uh, backstage somewhere. So that's kind of how I, I view it, just to yeah. kind of see where they were possibly coming from. No, definitely, Matt. I mean, we all think differently, and that's what makes us all different in, as wrestling fans. But one thing I'll tell you. Yeah, that, uh, that's what makes it great. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. Um, one thing I just did not like about this era was the test Stacey Kubler um, on screen and Scott Steiner on screen uh, pairing, especially with Stacey Kubler saying she loves her testicles and, and all that stuff. And it just buried the test, really. This was just typical comedy writing. Um, you know, just I uh, just didn't like this at all. Um, did you did you enjoy this next segment with um, Tess, Stacey Keebler, Goldust? Um, no, Tess got Steiner, Goldust versus Lara's stunts and Nowinski. I, I, I actually did. I, now, I get what you're saying about Tess. Uh, unfortunately for him, his career, and of course, we lost him years ago. I've got an autograph yeah. picture of test oh, wow. actually uh, it was a really cool gift yeah so that's interesting that we're bringing him up uh, that's what's neat about uh, looking back at these shows uh, i thought Tess had a lot of great potential and a lot of talent talent excuse me there evidently because he wouldn't be on raw or in the wwe if he didn't uh but i i get what you're saying about stacy keebler the only thing i was going to argue there danny is anytime i get to see stacy keebler that's a win so uh <laughs> she brought up the tv I mean, I know we're going comedy, but, you know, seriously, the match was pretty decent. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought Steiner, Tess, and Goldust did a great job. The tension between Steiner and Tess was added to uh, the drama. And uh, I really thought the match was uh, not bad. Nowinski showed a lot of potential. And uh, I like those uh, belly the belly or back to belly. Excuse me, yeah. uh, Scott Steiner suplexes that we saw with, with him and his brother, Rick Steiner. And, you know, the French team uh, did good. I liked a lot of resistance. They weren't bad. I, I, I do remember them. And uh, yeah. I thought they had a lot of upside. No, they definitely did, mate. Um, I just, I don't feel like Scott Steiner's heart was in this, especially him being a babyface at this point. Um, what do you think about him being a babyface, Ty? I don't like uh, Scott Steiner, especially as Big Papa Pump. I could buy him being a babyface when he was, you know, he didn't dye his hair blonde, but as Big Papa Pump, he's a, I prefer him as the heel. So I, I'm with you. I, I like Scott Steiner better, this version, as the big bad booty daddy, baby. There you go. You <laughs> like that? Yeah. I mean, If it's too much, just cut me off. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't, mate? Who doesn't? But yeah, you could definitely tell Scott Steiner was injured at this point. And they just, I mean, his feud with Test lasted seven months can you believe that yeah seven months it's a long yeah. time i mean considering it's test and stutter no disrespect but you would not have thought a program with those two guys would go that far i mean most yeah. of the time i could see even a little less but they were committed that shows you the company and the the stars regardless of the situation were committed to what they were doing and i can respect it yeah, yeah, it can a bit, but when the writing was so poor and it was like, okay, we have to get test and we have to pretend test is some sort of um, like misogynistic um, type of heel to get heat. Um, and then Scott Steiner, I mean, it would have worked a lot better if Scott Steiner was the heel in that situation and test was the face. I agree, and I, I can see Tess doing uh, some different roles there because we, we saw him with Christian as the yeah. Un-Americans, and he, he was great and was somebody, but 
Uh, I think Steiner is better because of his his experience alone. Just uh, being the veteran that he could do that kind of attitude, the demeanor, the body language, the psychology, just yeah. uh, overall better as that bad guy. Yeah, I fully agreed, mate. I, I just, yeah, it just blows my mind. Seven months, March to October, they were feuding. And uh, it was like, it almost felt like they were just wasting Scott Steiner's year on his contract. They were just like, okay, we'll just put you in a seven-month feud with with Test. But yeah, here we are. Uh, it could be. Yeah, yeah, there we are, though. Um, then we get a, a little video package on Judgment Day 2003, which shows the matches. Um the biggest match I remember from that, because I'm going to go back and watch this at some point, was the um, the Brock Lesnar versus Big Show match. It was a stretcher match. Um, and that was a really good match. I don't know if you remember it, Ty. Uh, you know, I remember it uh, being advertised. Now, I, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I probably could have even seen the pay-per-view, but I'm I'm having to go back because it's been so many years now. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch it because, hey, you got the big show and Brock Lesnar stretcher match. And not to mention what else is on that card. Uh, that That's enough to make me want to go uh, check it out for sure. Yeah. And then uh, the next match we have is Trish Stratus versus Victoria. Um, this is it's quite shocking to me that they put a uh, woman's match on this late in the show. Normally, they just stick it on first or in the first three segments to get it out of the way. But this match, to me, was very surprisingly good. It was good. Uh, honestly, a Trish Stratus was getting better and better with her yeah. work rate. I mean, she, everybody speaks positively of Trish. And, uh, and, of course, Victoria is just fantastic. I mean, both these ladies were tardy. You could tell they were telling the story. It was a, a hardcore women's match. Stevie Richards was involved, yeah. so that was always going to be fun and entertaining when uh, you have Stevie Richards in the mix. And I'll tell you what. I was just going to say, Danny, uh, I tried to be professional, but anytime Trish Stratus or, or Victoria were on my screen, I, I thought, you know, this this match deserved an automatic ten stars. I don't care what Meltzer <laughs> says, it, it did. But no, it was a it was a good match in all transparency. I mean, yeah. sure they're good looking women, but it was a a just incredible matchup. Yeah, and even Tommy Dreamer gets involved here and gets a pop from the Philadelphia crowd. Um, but yeah, it seemed like okay, we'll get the oh weapon. yeah, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, hey, how can we forget about pop. Tommy Dreamer? Yep, in Philadelphia as well. But I know yeah. you got that ECW pop. ECW, ECW. Come to. on, Janet. No, I'm just teaching. ECW. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to. But yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I'm getting excited. No, no, yeah. Chester uh, attacks Victoria with a kendo stick afterwards, after she gets the win. And um, well, yeah. What did Victoria ever do that hurt her? That, that's, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Uh, you know, Victoria is just trying to go up the ranks on Trish. I mean, Trish is, is, you know, we all know that she's, you know, had titles and found success. Victoria has been successful. She just wants that top spot, but you know, it was a fun match. I was just trying yeah. to see Victoria's side of it and Richards. And, no, but no, hey, Tommy dreamer, Tommy yep. dreamer had an issue. He, he brought the kendo sticks and uh, Trish was going to get her justice, her yeah. revenge, no matter what. Definitely, mate. Definitely. I've always wondered, imagine if um, Stevie Richards during this era just turned into big Stevie Cole from ECW. That would be pretty cool. 
that would be cool. And especially in Philadelphia, even yeah. if it's a one nine only that, that would have uh, been, you know, been just awesome. I was going to say fantastic. Yeah. And then it went to awesome. See, but I'm thinking <laughs> of ECW. My excuse is Mike awesome. The late yeah. great Mike awesome. There, there you go. I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, what were your, uh, your perspectives on Victoria and Trish just quickly? Very good, um, because uh, these were two women that could uh, go in the ring, um, and they were heading into a pay-per-view, so they were putting everything out, but also saving a little bit, because they had a pay-per-view match that involved two other women uh, at the in six days, so they were definitely building up the hype. But then, uh, straight after that, we get our main event of Y2J Chris Jericho versus Kevin Nash, and... This is in an era where Kevin Ash has just returned from, um, I think, quad surgery. I think I believe he had a long. Yeah, he, he had some what? Yeah, some problems with his knees. You know, quads, like like you were saying that you know I, I do remember that. And uh, hey, we we got Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Big Sexy, but instead yeah. of, of that gimmick, we we got more Kevin Nash. And uh, <laughs> but yeah. I thought this was a good match. You know, Jericho needed to stick and move. Nash used his size, worked like the big man. And uh, the former Diesel uh, impressed. I thought, you know, I thought the match was good. And speaking of that, those quads, Jericho targeted the legs because yeah. he's the bigger guy. You, you cut him down to size. Jericho quickly regained the tempo, and then we we see, you know, Triple H, Ric Flair, and Jericho attack Nash, get involved, and then HBK, Shawn Michaels comes out to help. So it yeah. was neat how the friends were on opposite sides here when talking about Michaels, Triple H, Kevin Nash. So it was a unique uh, thing, man. I, I mean, what did you uh, think dissecting this matchup? I mean, Jericho yeah. and Nash, you, you're right. This was actually a, a pretty good match. Yeah, uh, same. I mean, this this version of Kevin Nash is a hybrid of, to me, it's a hybrid of the Doves W, Kevin Nash, and Diesel together. Um, it's yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this character of him because you had Diesel elements like the theme song and stuff, but you also had the Kevin Nash elements with like some of the tones he was doing and things like that so um but this match it was really good to me because um you these two worked great together i think and well, they had put, chemistry yeah uh, no yeah. you're so right no you you yeah spot on mate and it was all to do with um kevin ash headed into the pay-per-view which he'd be headlining in six days against triple h and did you know kevin ash main evented four consecutive pay-per-views against triple h in this era i did not know and i'm glad i've got danny to uh give us the answers and that, yeah. that's what i enjoy seriously uh this is great trivial stuff and that, <laughs> that's what you're going to get on this show I, I think we've talked about it before but i'm going to repeat it again whether you yeah. like it or not because danny said so i'm not just saying <laughs> i said so because stone cold steve austin get it uh i, I, I tried to go somewhere i mean i hope somebody can bail me out no, I'm making no. the tag. There you go. No. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. Th so this match was just, yeah, it was kind of like, so Kevin Nash, he main evented Backlash 2003. He main evented Judgment Day 2003. He main evented uh, Insurrection 2003. And he main evented Bad Blood 2003 in a Hell in a Cell. It was like, okay, we can tell uh, Kevin Nash and Triple H are friends because of the amount of pay-per-views he's headlining. <laughs> Well, and not to mention it, they show the footage of how bloody their fight was. It wasn't yeah. just like a wrestling match. You know how it made it personal, and I miss that. 
that's uh, I think a lot of people will point out the Shawn Michaels Triple H matchup where it was a bloody affair at SummerSlam. Oh, too. Yeah. I mean that that's there's something about when they're friends that they make great enemies. I mean yeah. they, they do. There there's you can kind of believe it more. I I know that sounds crazy, but you brought up a great illustration and, and it really brings to light that yeah. you know. We're, we're friends, but I'm sure if we beat each other up and, and cause <laughs> each other to believe, that's going to get ratings for back when they're yeah. going to go, man, Danny can't stand yeah. that guy. Who is that guy <laughs> over in America? We we want to see him just get the the tar beat out of him. I mean, we, we just want to see him be senseless for the sake of making back when the number one ranked podcast competing with all of SJP media. I mean, we could go overboard, over the top. Seriously, yeah, don't like- do that because I, I, I need to be able to walk. Tomorrow, same, but. same mate. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do remember this uh, Kevin Nash run because uh, there's a channel in the UK called Channel Five, and they had a documentary in this era um, that showed Kevin Nash and Chris Jericho, or Kevin Nash and Triple H arguing. Because I do remember watching this, and they, no, they argued, they were brawling, and Kevin Nash had his head thrown into the steel steps, but you could, the, the documentary stopped it, that paused it, and then you could see like a blood capsule where Kevin Ash was about to pour in his head. And it was like, oh, blood capsules. That's that's when I do remember finding out that the blood wasn't real. Um, and I was 12 then. And so that, that's a bummer. Up. Yeah. That, that's disappointing. Come on, I want the blood to be real. Yeah. <laughs> What's the fun in that? Definitely, mate. You, you won't yeah. catch you won't catch me one to do it, but I'm going to complain about it. Yeah, and we get a um, Triple H run in and a Ric Flair run in, and also HBK coming out to save the day, as you said earlier, type. And we end Raw with a four man brawl type thing, and it was quite uh, surprising because they're heading into the Judgment Day pay per view, but Shawn Michaels isn't in a match at Judgment Day, and neither is Ric Flair. But um, Shawn Michaels did make an appearance at Judgment Day. He was actually, I believe he was managing Kevin Nash at, at Judgment Day. But I'm just shocked he wasn't in a match. I, I'm shocked too, but it makes sense because we what we just witnessed on Raw, that he would uh, be by the side accompanying uh, Kevin Nash. So that makes sense. Yeah, did not have Ric Flair on the card. Uh, that was also... Uh, surprising because uh the nature boy he was definitely getting a lot of work and matches and, and meaningful storylines yeah. uh but yeah i guess they just felt like you don't want to overload the card i guess you know you have to yeah. kind of think of it that way yeah definitely you had a lot of gimmick matches on there as well so yep kevin nash pins y2j uh with Shawn michaels counting no he pins triple h with Shawn michaels counting and um that's always the thing that annoys me because when a babyface pins a world champion, or in this case, he, he just showed that he could pin him, it, it's an automatic um, telltale sign that says, okay, the babyface isn't winning at the pay-per-view. Um, have you ever noticed that, Ty? You know, I, I didn't really pick up on a lot of things till a lot of the uh, more smarter fans and people will bring it along. Because believe it or not, I'm a casual viewer at heart. Yeah. Like I always want to just be surprised. But, you know, that's kind of funny now because, you know, the way my writing, we have to break news stories. But yeah. and that's kind of <laughs> educated me. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm just being real. 
uh, with the, the audience. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's little things now I'm starting to finally pick up on, but I, I would yeah. just kind of let the experts look like yourself and everybody else oh. educate <laughs> me because I, I didn't want to No, That's out of respect. That's not trying to be funny. You, you are, you know, I'm, I'm putting him over, even though, you know, he, he, he told me you're not going to be on the show after this. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, but, but Danny is, is a great guy, but no, that that's just it. I, I didn't pick up on how the refs had to be in position. I, you know, I, I respect that and I, I get it more now, but I, I didn't really follow that. I, I just wanted to oh. enjoy the match. I, I let myself yeah. get suspend disbelief. Like they say, get in the story. And I felt like Nash and triple H had that. That's yeah, why with did. the Jericho, I like how all these storylines, like three minute warning, probably let me guess there were few with the Dudley boys, everything has some logic to it. And, and that's, yeah. that's what makes wrestling better. And I understand it's got to have entertainment value. It's got to have some things that you're scratching your head. Everything has to evolve, but I do tend to agree with the, the, uh, traditional mentality. Every story does need to have a meaning. Yeah, it really does, mate. And we've had our stories today of this raw, because that was the end of raw. Oh, oh we have. And that was the end of it. It felt yeah. like a pay-per-view, like we were saying. Yeah. And I, I was disappointed it was the end of it. I was hoping we would get another hour, kind of like we do now. I mean, as much as I like Raw, and I'm going to Raw in Nashville as we're recording Ooh. on Monday. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. But can I just say three hours is a long time? Yeah. <laughs> it might not be when you're there in the uh, in the arena because they'll have a lot to do there. But, no, that's really cool, mate. I hope you oh, have they, a good they, time. They, Oh, well, thank you. And and that's true because when you're there live, it's kind of like a baseball game you're watching on, on TV. Here's a perfect example. And as much as I like baseball, it can kind of get a little long. But once yeah. you're there, it, it makes up for it because you, you can interact. You feel that crowd energy. So there is something to be said about being uh, there live to experience it also. But I appreciate it. We're looking forward to it. It was a Christmas gift and, and what a great gift it was. So. No, Look for me on TV. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to be tall enough, so if I'm I'm around too many tall people, I'm going to have to act like a kid and try to jump up and, and see if the cameras will, will pick me <laughs> up. Uh, you know, may, maybe the wrestlers will get near me. I, I don't want to make them mad. Uh, I don't want to get into a backstage segment or up in the crowd. I, I wouldn't be backstage anyways. I don't know what I was talking about. I was grasping at straws. But uh, you can tell I'm just so excited to be there. No, I mean, no. I'm even trying to fantasy book segments. I mean, it's... Yeah. You know what, mate? I'll put oh. you on television. They might see you, recognize you from uh, the SJP World Media Network and say, okay, we need him on. Well, they, they should. They they, they yeah. should. I mean, SJP saw pal, if nothing else. And, you know, Benny Mac and, and yourself, Danny, and Steve-O, whoever else, you know, was on the network. And Josh DeBoard, from that matter of fact, a, a great friend, fellow wrestle buddy and geek buddy, Ryder, will vouch for me. His great podcast. RSH, a, a shout out to them, a, a wonderful podcast. His articles are tremendous. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he'll say, hey, that's, that's Tyler Peters there. I mean, I mean he's somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I may get a few autographs. Even I'll take them on napkins. I, I don't care. They yeah, don't have just, to be actual pictures. I mean, uh, you know, I put people over, but it, it is nice that you said that because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be there. It's Nashville. I'm close. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get into the business. I, I'm, I'm yeah. teasing. It, it would be a dream of mine to try to learn commentary. I, you know, to say get in the business was a little much, but I was in the moment, so forgive me. No, uh, but it would be cool. But I, I feel like, I feel like I've made it because I'm on this network. 
Let me tell you, I SJP do. Media Network, let's cut a promo. Let's just let's keep putting this network over. I'll put over other podcasts. I've, I've got to mention the Rewind podcast, Standing Strong with Waylon Myers. I've got to do better because they're going to call me out. And uh, it's it's going to be an ugly mess if I don't mention them. They they've uh, they've held me for ransom before because I hadn't shouted them out. Uh, just all kinds of things. But no, truthfully, I love those people. Uh, yeah, I have to uh, shout them out. I got to do better. Also, the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's been fun recapping the Attitude Years of Raw. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, and being with you, man. You yeah. You just make everything better, and I I, I just have a good time. That's why I'm I'm a little more excited because it's been so long. We tried before now and finally technology is helping us and we're able to yeah. get an episode in for a for the network and for yourself my friend so i'm happy definitely. to do it and definitely. just tell me to shut up when i'm rambling oh, no. it happens <laughs> no definitely um no i was just thinking as you was going on i was say, thinking hmm where would i put tie pieces on raw and i'm thinking you'd fit in well with a segment with the miz where you just fly in the miz with a clothesline i'd love to see that well, and can Maurice be there? I mean, yes. I'll, I'll I'll do the segment, you know, because that, that's my respect for the Miz. I, I yeah. honestly love the Miz, and I love Maurice. And uh, I'll tell you, he might clothesline me and, and give me his finisher because I'll be distracted <laughs> with, and I mean that with all sincerity, yeah. of his lovely wife. I, I mean, I will be in so much awe that he'll clothesline me. He'll, I'll be an easy, easy target. I mean, oh. if Maurice is there. Now, if she's not, I'm going to have to uh, – you know, he'll definitely have a size advantage because, like I said, I'm not a big guy. I'm not tall. So I'll have to try to hide under the ring or, or do a horn swoggle. I mean, yeah. that, you know, that, that may have to happen. That could work, right? That could work. I mean, I'll put or I'll, either that or I'll put you on the announce team because um, the ring announcer, Kevin Patrick, is just awful. I mean, I'm just not a fan of this commentary style. Um, wow. Well, I, yeah. I wasn't going to go that far, you know, but you said it. Hey, that's just an opinion, <laughs> though. I respect it. I, I just wasn't going to go that route. But, hey, that, that's the fun of this show. We we yeah. get some great perspectives. And, but uh, before before we get too negative, um, Ty, um, where can everyone find you on social media? Well, everyone can find me and stock me on social media. Uh, more or less on at Dustin Tyler 86. Uh, I'd love for you to give me a follow. You don't have to just check out wrestle buddy, geek buddy, rewind wrestling radio podcast, standing strong with Wayla Myers. will be back soon. The uncensored wrestling podcast. Like I mentioned a little bit ago and in the corner, Benny Mac, uh, of course with you, Danny on back when, and just uh, whatever else is on the cards, coastal championship wrestling. Speaking of gang grill, my goodness, what an association. It, it's cool. You brought that up. And how about plugging your great stuff? Enough about me. Let's hear what Danny's got to, to <laughs> Oh, plug. thank you, mate. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. You can hear me on One Man's Meat Podcast with the great Chris Bellis. You can hear me on Nitro Nights with the great Cy Powell. And you can hear me on Back When with the great Ty Peters, where we'll be back um, in a couple of weeks, I'm assuming, with your choice. Yeah, we, we will be in a... No, I, we we will be. I, I definitely want to get some more new episodes going with you, Danny. And I'm blushing. Yeah. You, my, my cheeks are red. You can't <laughs> see us, but uh, I think we're having a Kodak or a Hallmark moment. Uh, yeah, definitely, mate. But thank you, everyone, for listening in. And uh, we hope to see you in 2023. Uh, take care, everyone. <laughs>